Hey, and welcome to another episode of Giving a Hoot with Ryan and Luke. Which we apparently still do. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we are here giving a hoot. Um, I would say this we, is probably those weeks that uh, are a true test of fandom, right? Like, Yeah. Uh, especially when you've had a team. I mean, we were just talking before we got on. This is a team I know in only not three full seasons, but has never finished below second. So, uh, but has not had faced a ton of adversity. Um, so I think it's it's definitely a test to see how fandom re, re, uh, reacts to everything. Yeah, no, um, I mean, we, we've had some challenging stretches before uh, both seasons, but I, I think this is one that, that's testing it. And no, oh, we, yeah. we haven't done a official pod in four games. Um, Camille and I jumped on for live pod. What was that after, uh, that after Tucson? I I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's all this 11 day stretch all kind of blurred together at some point. Yeah. And I'm sure it did for the guys, but we, we do have some news, (laughs) um, since it's been two weeks, um, JP made team of the week uh, for his performance against Tucson. Yeah. The lone bright spot um, besides the lightning in the distance. <laughs> uh, Good one. And then JP made team of the week again, uh, despite us uh, only getting one point off of two games um, there uh, for performances against uh, his brace against Richmond yeah, for sure. and uh, his performance against Greenville. Um, and was that Corey, who was also team of the week for his hundredth goal? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, that, that would make sense. A uh, guy that scores a hundredth goal in USL probably. <laughs> well, it, I, I hundredth career, career professional career goal. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, as much time as he's spent in USL between championship and league one now, yeah, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the USL is like, hey, let's put this guy on team of the week uh, for that for that accomplishment happening while yeah. he plays in one of our leagues. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it well deserved by both the guys. Um, sure. No, it tough week, but they've really been um, they really stepped up. Personal team of the week uh, for team of the or player of the four games for me. Well, I guess two two players of the four games, uh, Dion and DK. So yeah. Dalton and Dalton and Dion have uh, done some amazing work. Uh, great to see Touche back full um, yeah. against Richmond. Uh, started good. against Richmond and been been playing. Um, still looks a step behind, yeah. uh, but I mean, to be expected when you get your leg chopped in half by a goalpost. Exactly. I mean, all things uh, considered, that's that's the best I could think he would look um, with what we thought was a broken leg. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I I thought that was going to be a compound fracture the way way everybody is reacting. Um, all right. We're we're not going to break down each of the games because uh, one one point out of four games um, that's dog shit and uh, <laughs> nobody got time for that. I do not have enough alcohol in my house for that. Um, <laughs> that's fair. I do, however. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's the benefits of your wife working for an alcohol distributor. It one hundred percent is. <laughs> uh, let. Let's um, talk about, well, I, I posed this question to, to the Media Empire uh, Discord, and do we hit the panic button? Yeah, so uh, my, my response on there, I'll, I'll start there, which is um, I'm not going to until I see what happens between Greenville and NOCO on Saturday. Um, because for one thing, depending on how results fall, we could, without having to play Saturday, we can technically clinch the playoffs still. Um, I know you and I agree the way we've played over these four games, we don't look like a playoff team or a team that would deserve 
the ability to play um, at that level. Obviously, where we are points wise and where we are in the table for the whole, it's a whole season accomplishment, not a four game accomplishment. Um, but I mean, I, I think that if I just have this feeling that if Greenville can beat NOCO, which puts them two points above us in the table, we are going to be scrambling to try and get nine out of nine points. And I don't know if this team. I don't know if this team is mentally strong enough to get nine points out of the next three games. I, we, you pointed out on the, on our discord that we have lost the majority of our losses have not been to top tier teams. And I think that's the biggest concern considering who we have left on the schedule. (laughs) And uh, Kyle, Kyle Reisman, um, of the hashtag data dive on WGHmedia.com. Um, great articles when those are out. Now keep an eye on our Twitter. It's where we, we broadcast when those are dropped or subscribe to our website. Uh, what what he said there, it makes a lot of sense, is yes, those were two bottom-tier teams uh, in the worst conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, we're dealing monsoon season, uh, in Tucson, that game didn't end until 2.30 Central Time. Um, no, after it was supposed to start at 7 p.m. Pacific, didn't end until uh, 12.30 Pacific. Like, that, That's insane. That, that just, when you've got a game to play on Wednesday against the top tier or top team mm-hmm. um, at that point, Richmond um, sitting top of the table there. That's not great. I mean, less than 72 hours, including a flight, um, any delays that come with uh, associated rehab time there. Yep. Like, And as we've discussed, we don't have the depth. And then NOCO, a torrential downpour, 50 degrees at altitude, like not I see what Kyle's saying, and I don't want to give the guys excuses because I expect more out of them. Yeah. Um, I I expect more out of them, especially considering our open cup run. We were at least squeaking by with draws. Mm-hmm. We weren't we weren't losing every game there. True. Um, and this is this is a tough schedule. There's no no ifs and buts about it. Uh, Tucson, I've always thought, is a dangerous team. Um, even as they're sitting last on the table. Uh, NOCO is a team I thought is overhyped, but, you know, they're, they, right they're still dangerous. Yeah. Um, they're sitting seventh, right? I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're people dropping points and them getting a couple wins away from squeaking into the playoffs in their first season. I mean, they're not – that their match against uh, – or that match that Madison played – last uh that was just last night wasn't oh my god that's how long this has felt Uh, (laughs) but but those those points being dropped by madison um and and noco getting those points i mean that's kept them that spot above madison that's they're right on the edge of getting to be a playoff team and that that's why it's like i mean that that four game stretch is brutal because i think a lot of the i think we all kind of had tucson where maybe noco really is and we had noco where tucson is and so but either way it was a four game stretch with three teams that potentially could be playoff teams that we had to play in a row uh you know coming out of that and i just i think my thing about april or may a stretch like this i would give the guys a little bit more slack because it's early in the season we had a younger team. We had new guys to the league. They're learning the league. That was our uh, yesterday was our 27th league game this season. And that if you throw in our run to the final eight of the U.S. Open Cup, these guys have played over 30 games this season already. Now that may be part of what contributes to tired legs or whatever else, but also you know what's expected of you. You know what is being asked of you. And maybe that's where Camille brought up a few times with us. 
maybe that's where tactic and formation changes and stuff like that over the last few games and because of injuries have maybe hurt this team um, where you can't put it all on the guys. Yeah. Like I, I, again, I don't want to make excuses for the guys because that's uh, become a mainstay of Omaha fandom. Uh, It's the refs. It's, you know, uh, condensed schedule, which is caused by baseball or whatever mm-hmm. else. Like so many things there. Um, I I get where where we're at in with uh, four games in eleven days. That's tough, regardless of your your level. Um, college, you know, pro first tier, second tier, third mm-hmm. tier, uh, international. That That is tough. Uh, a lot, yeah. Our depth isn't there. Oh. Um, and it's even uh, worse. We've had, we've had two season-ending injuries uh, with Isaac and Gio. Uh, Gio didn't get a chance to show how much he could shine, but I, I know uh, him being there from the beginning of the season versus – Corey, Louise, Shaft, uh, like those guys are fantastic players. Oh, but cool. having somebody who went through preseason, built that uh, camaraderie there, gets that chemistry going from the start to the end of the season is something that mm-hmm. you can't replace. And th- that being said, Corey, Louise, Shaft have come in and done everything they can to build themselves into this roster. Mm-hmm. And I see them meshing so much better each day. For sure. But it, it, it's hard to say where, where Gio would have been at the same point. Um, yeah. Isaac is one that I think we can all agree on has not been replaced. Dion has been doing an amazing job, but Dion is a midfielder forward. Like mm-hmm. he's, doing well at defense, but he's not a well, defender. And until we signed Shaft, uh, until yeah. we signed Shaft, we had a, a mixture of guys we rotated at that spot because we didn't have, and nor have we had in three seasons, true fullback depth. And um, I mean, even our left back who has been playing very, very well, has never played left back before. I mean, Jay turned him into one, which is really well, a winger role. So uh, looking at our lineup that we had against in the back against Northern Colorado, we had Dion, Alex, Dalton, and Jiva. Yep. Dion's been nursing an injury all season. Uh Touche just came back from uh, being carted off the field mm-hmm. at Richmond um, and then being thrown into three games in a week. Jeez. And Jibo was out for a few games with an injury. Mm-hmm. Like three of our starting back four have had injuries recently or, uh, you know, continuing injuries. Dalton picked up what looked like he was seeing Tweety Bird going around his head. <laughs> yeah. That, like they, they were doing the whole finger. Yeah. Follow my yeah. finger. All, all the concussion. He must have been okay because I mean, they let him continue, but. Yeah. But I mean, it looked like Dalton didn't know whether to look at the finger or pull it. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, of this four game stretch, like, we we can talk highlights there. Yeah. What are your lowlights? So piling on since I'm pretty sure he's hurt since uh Shido didn't make the bench for Noko. But I think some of the things that we've always we've always kind of worried about with Rashid, um some of the decision making of going after a ball, um some of the playing with the ball at his feet when it was better to just pick the ball up initially and not, you know, try and Cruyff turn people in the box all the time. 
Um, I think some of that stuff, because of what we just talked about with not having a solid back line, some of that stuff's starting to come back and bite us. Um, Richmond's uh, second goal, the ball was going across the box. Shido halfway came out for it, kind of tried to scramble back, got himself caught in no man's land, and there was nothing he was going to do. But if he had either stayed on his line and let his defense do something, or it just jumped on that ball and smothered it. One of those two decisions is better than not making a half decision. Um, uh, but the jump, I mean, the other thing I was going to bring up is the jump against Greenville, which led to allegedly Connor fouling somebody. And we'll t- we can talk about those two penalties that weren't penalties because both of those were BS. But the, the fact that, that Shido went up for the ball to try and completely missed grabbing the ball and left Connor even in a position where Connor had to try and box out and let the ball roll through the box, which caused the legs to be tangled and caused the foul to be called. If Shido stays on his line and lets his defense and apparently his captain, who's back playing in the box, if he lets them help him clear the ball and he stays on his line, we may not give up that penalty and you win that game one nil. So. So low lights for me. Seven seconds, goal. Fair. Um, Emir just getting beat. Like, <laughs> like uh, Shido had had some great opportunities uh, throughout that game for some good saves, but seven seconds in, you you got to be on your toes. And I understand you've been in a locker room for two and a half hours at. Uh, I can't even remember what sort of facility, what sort of shared facility Tucson <laughs> runs in. It's a nice one, but it's like, it, it's definitely not, you know, Werner Park level locker rooms sure. where you got, uh, you know, comfy. You're not enjoying yourself in, right. in those locker rooms. Um, that was major low light. Uh, the rest of that game just kind of, yeah, that just got worse and worse. Um, except of course, as mentioned, JP, who had a stellar game, the only person on the team who had a stellar game that time. For sure. Um, against Richmond. Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, Richmond and Richmond, Noco and Greenville giving up late goals. Like. That tired legs speaks to some of it, but we but, can't use that excuse. You need to rotate. You you need two, to. You, I was like, two of those goals were unprotected back post. I mean, open headers on the back post off of a corner. That's not necessarily tired legs. That might be tired mind, but that's just that's missing your assignment. Wait, wait. Do we do we want to break into the the back post talk already? Because you well, you know I've got I I've got some words on this. I mean, <laughs> it kind of plays into another low light that came to my head, which is the fact that against Richmond, credit to EVD not celebrating against his former team. So I. I We've all, we at the Empire have always been big fans of Ethan. He's a great guy. He had a bad string of luck here uh, when it came to injuries and everything else, but he was always a big part of that team. But he scores one of the open headers from the back post. And then freaking Nathan Ani is the one that draws the penalty to the, is there, yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) why did it have, why? Why did it have to be two former Union Omaha guys? I'm, I mean, the the only part that that kills me is that Christian wasn't on the bench to sub on and score the third. <laughs> like, I mean, shit. Like, if, if we're right. really getting screwed, like, might as well be like a full former Omaha screw. Like, you know what? Here's the thing, though. Richmond somehow wins the playoffs this year and wins the championship. We can go ahead and uh, tell them you're welcome, since we sent three former Owls to be a part of that squad all of which have championship rings from this. Uh, well, two of which have championship rings from here. 
the other one uh, yeah. was on a second place team. So hey, there you go, Richmond. That's great uh, tonight. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. Um, this back post issue. We God. you mentioned it for defense. Offense. Mm-hmm. Um, how many times, especially against NoCo, but how many times uh, against all three teams has a cross been there, and we've yep. got nobody ru- making the back post run? Like it, my high school coach would have beat me with a stick by now. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's where I was worried for Dion last night. To be honest, um, I even I I. Gene on it, I said, Dion's gonna pull a hammy because he kept making those runs, and then he went down, and I was like, "Oh my bad." Um, <laughs> but the thing that kills me is we Jay has found not only guys that can play wing, but guys that really can play wing and defense. I mean, Dion Ryan uh, Shaft can track back Shaft has to be the fastest guy in the league right now. I mean, he's just, he's a blazer. Uh, but I, I'd love for him to wear a, wear a monitor for a game just to see how fast he goes. No, he's, I mean, it's insane how much ground he makes up. And I just only tend to have one guy in the box when these crosses are going in. Now I'll give, I'll give our guys credit that are crossing it. We've stopped trying the, you know, in the air crosses. There's a lot more ground crosses. Um, Kamal scuffed the one. I mean, absolutely just shanked it. And you can see, I don't want to pile on Kamal because you can see it on his face. He knew. He knew as soon as that ball left his foot, he was like, I messed this up. Uh, was it Corey that missed a sitter? I mean, we just, we, we just had a couple in that no-co game that was like, what are we doing, guys? Um, I, I just, yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think you and I are agreed that all three seasons, this team, uh, the 2022 team, has the most raw talent. Absolutely, yeah. But it's very key to use the word raw. For sure. Because while while you bring in um, veterans like uh, Louise and Corey, um, Kamal, Chivani, like, and plus our, our returners. Yep. That's great. But you've got so many of these young guys like Jiba, like Meza, this mm-hmm. is their first year pro, uh, Burrito, sure. uh, first year pro, like they haven't hit their full stride yet. And no, I, I hope the open run, open cup run doesn't, uh, get them cocky or get their agents cocky and send them up too soon. Because I think another year of those guys at union Omaha or a third division team, not Nisa, uh, <laughs> will, will just open up great. so much potential uh, for them. Uh, here, here's maybe uh, the closest, I guess I probably have to a hot take tonight. Uh, on average, the team in 2022 should be a top two contender. Mm-hmm. The way we've played, I'm going to throw this, uh, honestly, the past six games at this point. Uh, yeah. You know, even, even coming back with the, the player down games, like we we're not a playoff team. Yeah. Like if this, if the team had been playing this way the entire season, uh, I think we'd be sitting lower than Tucson, uh, lower than Fuego. Like we, the way the guy is as a whole are playing. It, it doesn't look like if we make a playoff game, if three, you know, somehow we make a home playoff game, um, which is something that seems to be slipping away. We'll we'll see how the results turn out this weekend. Mm-hmm. That 
might happen. Um, not super convinced of it, but might happen. If that does, I I don't I don't see anything happening, and yeah. I really hope I'm wrong on this. Um, the, the the key here is though, we will get looking below fourth, and third and fourth still gets you at least one home playoff game. Now, that doesn't. That also means, though, that your semifinal game is for sure on the road um, because you're either going to the second-place team or the first-place team, depending on if you're third or fourth, if you win that match. So you you still get a home play. I don't see a slipping below fourth just because points-wise and where everybody's at, that might be a little bit difficult. And considering we don't even have to play on Saturday and we can still clinch playoff, that that's saying something. We at least know after Saturday, we'll know if we can slip below sixth or not. <laughs> um, I just, I mean, I, I I think that this is where Jay, being a former college coach, this is where he flexes those recruiter muscles. And you go to those players, you go to those agents, and you say, hey, I had, I had uh, Evan Conway. Evan needed an extra season in Omaha, and now he's in San Diego. I uh, I got Greg Hurst here, who used an extra year to catapult himself to to Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> quick, quick, uh, quick uh, jump to friend of the pod, Greg Hurst. Yeah, uh, amazing uh, equalizing goal for for Phoenix last night against uh, what was that Monterey Bay? Yeah, he, but. Continues to that, that was that was so good there, and a team that doesn't impress. Uh, he he's doing so well. So, uh, yeah, uh, hate your Rangers, but great job, Greg. <laughs> the the fact that uh, Greg Hurst played for this team even for one season still blows my mind because, um, chat just did him so dirty. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, but you know, Dami, Dami, while he had a fantastic twenty twenty he became a completely different level in 21 and now in 22 is starting for a team that made the U S open cup final. Uh, I, so I, we have a pattern of taking younger guys that now Greg wasn't with us both seasons, but needed those guys that needed that one more season at our level to really just learn how to be a true pro and turned it into getting them that contract and championship and, and moving up. And I think that that's where Jay flexes that, you know, he recruited to UNO. He knows what it takes to kind of win guys over that way. And I think that's your pitch. Hey, Ryan, you did a fantastic job this season at left back. Guess what one more season at left back will do for you. It'll make you that much better. Joe Brito, you know. Well, I I want it to be that simple, uh, but a lot of these first year guys, and this is something that I want to see more of throughout USL, but I'm not convinced uh, ownership is there. The mm. financial means are there. Once a guy is represented, and this should be the case across USL with a CBA being recognized and bargained right. for at at the USL one level. Um, currently it's only at the USLC level. Um, it, it, there is the recognized player union for, for USL of the USLPA, but it's right. not, there's no CBA in place. Right. But whether or not we're willing to meet what other clubs would offer for these guys to go to the bench. Sure. And it, there's a certain point where, yeah, you can make the argument of, your development here is going to be better than sitting on the bench at a championship side. But when you're, you know, 18 to 24 and somebody's offering you 30 grand more a year, I mean, hell 30 grand more a year for just about anybody. Is... Yeah. I, I don't, uh, this is not to dog Devin because I, I have a real huge affinity for, for Devin boys, but look what happened to Devin. I mean, it wasn't a great fit for him. He ends up not 
playing a whole lot. I mean, so while yes, their their agent should be doing that for them. Hopefully, some of these guys to look at this and go play. I mean, anytime you're playing the sport that you're trying to become better at, the more you play, that's this is why the loan system in Europe is so popular. Take a really young guy, send them to a lower league team or abroad somewhere else, you know, even to, even to like a team like in, in the Dutch league or what, you know, send them somewhere else and let them get regular. Yeah, that's right. Ajax, baby. Although they just bring their own young guys up. They don't need to. <laughs> um, but, but send them, you know, you get these guys experience and they, even if it's at a lower level, if they're playing at a high professional level in general and they're playing week in and week out, it's better for them than sitting on the bench and just going to training. Training only gets you well, so far. I, I, I hate to do this, but I also love to do this because I <laughs> just pull, pulling the IX uh, thing in and looking at how different uh, soccer football is now versus what versus it was 10 years ago in the U.S. and internationally. Um, today, Remco Pasvier at 38 and 11 or like 10, 11 months got his first ever call up to the senior Dutch national team. 100%. And that got a first ever start against a Poland that had was starting Robert Lewandowski and yep. got a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sure. it was brought in as a uh, third option for Ajax in the 21 season due to Onana's backup, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, drug, <laughs> kinds food, of whatever deal. <laughs> and Skellenberg uh, getting injured comes in. These guys are in our league are looking at it as, okay, yeah, I'm not making a whole lot, but I think, I think you don't, you're not finding anybody in our league, uh, unless they're on the retirement end, retirement track that doesn't want to make first division. And while maybe the 38, 39 year old, uh, level is not uh, the same for, for a midfielder, for a striker, uh, at the same time, you know, you're seeing 27, 28 year olds uh, starting to like getting their first uh, first year contract in, in Europe. You're seeing that in the MLS level. There's time like get sure. get your starts in because you can tell a guy who's ridden the bench at all the best clubs in the world and never had a start versus a guy who's gotten starts and fought their way through everything mm-hmm. and gets gets a lucky break. Like get the starts, get the playing well, time. Let's I mean, okay, so we've made this about IX already, so I'm just going to keep this train going. Um, <laughs> the Eredivisie Hey, I threw it to the Dutch national team too. True, but so the Eredivisie though the Chip and League 1 can emulate of Let's let's have guys like the Connors, you know, or I'm going to use an Ajax comp. You have a guy like Daly Blinn. You know, he starts at Ajax. He goes to Manchester United, gets that big league contract. It doesn't work out. Where does he go back to? He goes back to Ajax. He is he switches positions while he's there now, but that's fine. And now he's a regular starter for them again. And one of the most invaluable players on that team. because. He fits that level. That's what he needs. But he got the well, chance to go abroad. You know, go ahead. Well, and him coming back, he uh, under Vengal, uh, who is really shaking up the Dutch national team, mm-hmm. gets his uh, international starts there. Um, and again, we're throwing this to Ajax. Watch Ajax, people. Just do it. It's on ESPN <laughs> Plus. It. Like, it's fun. <laughs> like it, you've been listening to this probably for three seasons at this point. Like, you, you know, you've you should do it. Uh, well, but Brian Brobby. Brian Brobby. Perfect example of 
guy who thinks they can go off, uh, you know, do something amazing, uh, jumps Bundesliga for, what was that, Leipzig? Um, yeah, cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ju- jumps over there, gets half a season on the bench, gets loaned back to Ajax, and then begs to come back, like shows up to the first day of training uh, in the Bundesliga wearing an Ajax jersey uh, as a to and his old club buys him back for stupid amounts of money because the transfer market is broken. Um, just saying the European transfer market's broken, pay more for our players, uh, like a lot more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but, well, and I mean. But you get guys like like uh, Anthony, you right? That that are young players. They they cut their teeth. They, they cut their teeth at a team like Ajax, though, and and they turn it into a big contract and can go on. And that's the stuff that I think. Like Dami, Dami needs to be our guy that Jay uses as the poster boy of, look, give me two seasons with you. Look what I did with Dami. And and if Dami is still next year, I was shocked. Thank you. I'm next. So Dami, yes, there. But I think looking at Evan as well. Um Evan having two seasons with Union Omaha uh, in a consistent spot where, I mean, for the first season, he was essentially our lone striker. Um, you can tout Elma, Elfier, um Who else do we have as striker first year? Juan Mare. Um, none of them did what Evan did. You throw Evan with Greg year two. Uh, and holy shit, like he he's done well. Um, you know, his contract ended with us. We didn't get the transfer fee, which I think is another thing where when we're signing contracts, it'll get the multi-year. Uh, not only is that better for the player getting that uh, job security, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's better for the club when you you do hit the success. Like make it option years rather than just straight contract is, I mean, your third division, but get right. that in because we, we missed out on yeah. transfer fees that we, we could have really reset the market um, with more than just Dami. But uh, had we, had we really set some or set a precedent with Evan, had we set one with Devin, like, Greg and I'm sure most of these guys didn't want to sign more than that. Uh, you get a lot of clubs that get very selfish and want to hold on to players. I think Union Omaha has shown at this point, especially under Jay Mims. Hopefully, we get another season of Jay. Um, as crazy as his ideas about uh, tactics are, <laughs> but uh, you, you get that to a point where we we see guys trusting the system. And I think that's yep. something w- that will come from things like the Bellevue partnership uh, coming from good, solid coaching, not uh, things like happened in Chattanooga where apparently there was an abusive coach. Um, it w- not, not um, teams that are, in it to you know sell you to a crap team for uh pittance you're you're making less money at another team um because they they sold your contract like it so many things need to come together for uh usl to succeed mm-hmm. and it it's an inch away it is and it's something i mean when we when Last season, you know, when we right before the final and stuff, and we had, uh, we had like Gary and those guys on, and 
you know, we're sitting there talking with people from the league about how that's that's that next step they want to get to. And they're bringing people in to help educate these owners about what transfer fees mean and why operating on a different calendar may be, be helpful for you to be able to operate within this transfer market to then be able to make some money off of some of these guys. Um, you know, because at, at this point, if you know, if a guy gets sold, they're getting sold in the middle of the summer, which is literally in the middle of our season. And most teams are not willing to lose a guy halfway through the season, you know? Well, he, here's the other thing that I think USL could really do to differentiate themselves from the ML dollar sign. Um, hey, hey, we're we're doing this here. Uh, Hashtag facts. It, <sighs> international breaks. There are enough guys from both championship and USL uh, one being called up. Um, yeah. Had Hurricane Fiona not devastated Puerto Rico, which uh, if you follow Ricky Rivera on Instagram, mm-hmm. he's put up a number of great resources to help out the island of Puerto Rico. Uh, please visit those, donate if you can. Uh, Absolutely. But Ricky was due to go play um, an international match in Miami. Oh, yeah. And yeah. called off. Like, there were, I think, six or seven Puerto Rican um affiliated players called up from the USL that awesome. uh, didn't go, but 35 uh, players from both championship and league one that did get called up to international camps. We've had um, Yoscar who's gone um, Kamal mm-hmm. and Shivani have both played for the national team uh, in Jamaica. Uh, Ricky's a regular top scorer there uh, for Puerto Rico. Um, I wish Jay would give him some time with us, but uh, <clears throat> maybe not throw Touche up as a striker and uh, bring Ricky along and turn him <laughs> in. Um, but uh, I, I, I think that it stays there of like there, there's so much to differentiate the league. And we've really gone off topic because we, we've, uh, we're we're trying to bring some positivity into this podcast, and so we had to talk. <laughs> did Did you and Camille talk about that partnership with uh with the Caribbean on your live thing? I had no. I I, I don't think we did. Um, and we we also didn't have news about uh the Harlem, um, team coming in yeah. by twenty twenty six. So you know. And the only reason I'm thinking of this is what you're bringing up now about international breaks and a lot of these guys getting called up is having that partnership with them, which may help with refs, um, I think is going to help quite a bit, hopefully, with getting guys, getting players from those areas and making the, the transition and the approval by the Federation a little bit easier. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm going to pause you on refs because... In the off season, we're going to bring on a professional ref, not not PRO, but we're going to bring on a professional ref to to talk about uh, the challenges there. So teaser for you know a month and a half in the future, but uh, I love it. I I I, I want I want that uh, that take because as you're saying, like creating Concacaf. Because CONCACAF is being used as a verb for no, no <laughs> bullshit, essentially. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when when, it be, when, uh, when bad things happen and they say you got CONCACAF, yeah, that's uh, that's not a yeah. great thing. Um, but you know, I mean, even my hope would be that that the the what we rumors we heard about why uh Isaac uh you know it took a minute for Isaac to get going i think even with Shivani a little bit we we kind of had some some bumps in the road where maybe having a partnership with that 
helps with some of the visa uh, issues and some of those things, because if it's a built-in business relationship, that changes may change some of the international laws around some of those things. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about about immigration law and that type of stuff to be to be completely uh, honest about this. But well, um, uh, also yeah, another plug I mean, for the think? league. Uh, another plug for the league news. Uh, they're currently hiring counsel. So if you uh, uh, know a unemployed lawyer, um, unlikely. Uh, if, if you um, how about an under you know, underpaid lawyer? Underpaid. Well, I'm not sure League One's gonna or USL is gonna pay better, <laughs> but I, either way, I I think the league could put a mechanism in there to help clubs through mm-hmm. through the process, help players that are uh, being offered contracts through that process, and the same thing with the USL Players Association. Once the sure. paperwork for the promise of a contract. Um, you know, agreements are made and it's just waiting on a visa. I think mm-hmm. uh, there would be a huge boon for partnership between the Players Association and the league, because anytime you bring in a quality international player uh, to to play in this league, that's a new new viewer base. That's more monetary revenue uh, chances to come in uh, to really help that. Uh at the same time, on the player side, on the ref side, like if the you're sharing refing techniques that work on these crap fields uh, that are being used <laughs> at, at, in Colorado or or wherever else, uh, but sharing techniques um, and skills that you're learning at a faster pace uh, um, environment in Caribbean, um, you know that that's beneficial because any i always look at a share of information as being beneficial whether you take everything um and use it or whether you're just you have that information in your pocket as yeah now uh rowdier fans in one place or you know uh how to account for a field that's going to have uh divots or you know football lines or cricket lines or what whatever you're dealing <laughs> with and how how best to to understand that yeah for sure uh, la- last last bit of usl news uh because it's late and we've had four games in 11 days and we said we were only gonna go thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're 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 dirty liars to ourselves and to our wives. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Harlem. Um, I I forget what the the name of the club in Harlem is, but is announcing yeah. a USL one expansion side by twenty twenty six. Doesn't list that will launch in twenty six, but it will launch by twenty twenty six. So in my mind, that's probably a 24, 25, um, which is one more to tack on, not a Western team. We're, we're still looking to fill in the West, but a, a huge, uh, huge benefit there. Still have not heard official from USL to Portland, uh, USL Spokane. Um, I've seen photos of them pouring uh, structures for, for everything. Um, in true South Georgia fashion, uh, photos have been put up on various uh, places. Thanks, Jackson. Um, of <laughs> mobile, uh, mobile classroom, mobile home style uh, locker rooms at, at the uh, South Georgia um, new stadium that's launching in a week and a half. Um, uh, hopefully don't get a late season hurricane that blows all of that progress away, but that that's then wasn't, yeah. uh, didn't Tulsa, didn't Tulsa tweet and say they're back. Uh, no, Tulsa never left. Um, was it Tulsa? OKC. Who was, who was it left? OKC. Uh, o- OKC. Back, right? 
they're they're back, but their championship. Um, the the conspiracy theorists up in Madison, uh, I believe that was Kyle Carr, uh, who who put that out there uh, mm-hmm. that he he's expecting them to drop to one, which would make sense, especially with uh, rumors around uh, midwestern cities like Wichita, Sioux Falls, um, it, Corpus Christi. Well, I mean, Corpus Christi is not Midwest, but it, in the middle of the country. Right. Yeah. Uh, Coming to League One, those are some great options. You've got Lexington, um, Knoxville, both of those um, coming to League One. Uh, Fort Wayne, TBD. We'll we'll see. We don't know. A lot of expansion news. We're getting towards the offseason, so we all know that's going to pick up. Um, We've got some great content coming for you. Uh, from all levels, make sure you're subscribing to our Instagram as well as the website uh, for written news. Um, we should have some probably at this point off-season editorials, um, but with a lot of um, more business-minded, USL business-minded, uh, U.S. soccer um, landscape-minded uh, articles coming out to kind of discuss where where Union Omaha fits in there. Um, hopefully have some, uh, well, I know we do have some good guests coming up. Um, we just need to nail down the times and weeks for those, but we'll have uh, have some fun interviews for you as well here on the pod. Um, yeah. So, Ryan, one question for you. Who gives a hoot? We do. We do. <laughs>